being purposeful about how you build that that diversity and inclusion with a team, that amplification that you get across all the different mindsets that can bring a solution together. You need to be in an environment which uh, allows and fosters a lot of the innovation and that is open for new points of view. Uh, we have a responsibility to identify the next generation of talent, of multicultural talent, and it really starts with, I think, um, that talent pipeline. And when you have the type of harmony um, and people are invested, you start seeing massive payoffs. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Jeff DeVerter, the host of Cloud Talk. And in today's amazing episode, I'm joined in our virtual studios here at One Fanatical Way by three amazing people. And as you may have been able to figure out by the preview, our conversation today centers around diversity and how that can be the unsung hero, the secret weapon in helping to create high-performing teams. Now, these teams don't form accidentally. It takes purpose and patience and effort. But as I think you'll hear, the rewards often outweigh the investment. Now, as always, after the interview, I've got some information for you, a preview of our next episode, and some information on another great podcast that I'd love for you to check out. So make sure you stick around for all of that. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff DeVerter. And the output of a company or even a team is tied directly to the skill and the practice and the patience that uh, of how a team is created and the folks that go into that team. Now, now staffing these teams, uh, you know, originally when, when, when people are putting these teams together, they're, they're, of course, leading with the skills. Do people have the skill and the ability to do the job? And unfortunately, most hiring managers, most team organizers end at that point because what they need to do to be able to ultimately to, to be able to help to win as a company, as a team, and then ultimately as a company is to find every advantage that's possible. And what we're learning more and more is there's so much advantage to be found by including some people on your team or a lot of people on your team that don't necessarily look like you or sound like you or even think like you. Now, today's conversation, you may have guessed, is all about diversity. Now, I'm joined today by three amazing individuals from Rackspace. Now, they're all part of the data team. First, it's Juan Riojas, who leads the team. We've got Eduardo Cocoro, who's here as well. And then we also have Laura, or Lara, excuse me, uh, Indrakovs. And I'm really excited uh, to begin this conversation. And I think as we, as we dig into it, what we have here is a team made up of a whole lot of diversity. And I think where we'll start is, is maybe Juan, if you wouldn't mind, a brief introduction of yourself and, and how you came to just quickly be here at Rackspace, because we have had you on once before. We know that story a little bit, but also some of the thoughts around what you were thinking when you were putting this team together that you now lead. Sure. Well, thanks, Jeff. I think this is a great topic and I'm really excited to be part of this panel. Um, I've been now at Rackspace for nine months. My my charter is to really work on elevating and promoting data as our strategic asset. And not just on data, but really the insights and the time to value. Uh, this team is I'm especially proud of. And one of, the th one of the things that I think differentiates ourselves right here from what I'm seeing um, that's inherent in the industry is the level of diversity and inclusion that we have in the team. We have racial diversity we have we have age diversity we have industry diversity we have experience diversity it's fantastic 
And I think this topic is going to really lend itself to highlight how diversity and inclusion really drives um, a high-performing team. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to, to peel that apart. I'm interested also to know, you know, more from a perspective of a real life. What is what does that actually mean? Because, you know, we hear a lot about diversity in the news. I read uh, an article, saw an article that that Facebook has actually even tied their leadership uh, compensation, their, their success metrics to the amount of diversity that they have. There's an article over on CNBC today on that. And, and even in boards, board of directors are really being pushed to add diversity. And there's been so much over the years that have really said, hey, diversity, we need more of it. And people look at it from a social perspective. They'll look at it from an economic perspective. What we're going to do today is talk about it. Why do you do it? Why is, um, why is it important? Um, for a company to do this? And then what is the real tangible impact for those who are included in the team? What's it like? Now, when a, when a team member, when you've gone out and found somebody who, who is perfect for the role and brings some, some, uh, some uniqueness to it from, uh, uh, some aspect of, of diversity, you know, somebody like, you know, Eduardo, I'd love for you to, to pop in here, kind of introduce yourself, your role on the team. And, uh, we were talking the other day and you were mentioning that, that when a company is purposeful about this, sometimes these individuals can tend to be relatively expensive for the company because there's some extra work that goes into this sometimes. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of that background. Hey, Jeff, thank you for the invitation today and thank you for having me here. And, and yeah, that's uh, that's part of the deal. Um, to talk a little bit of, of my relationship right here with this team, I'm the director of the data science group and, uh, and my background is actually including some of this diversity. I'm originally an engineer. I started working as a QA engineer for a, for a while and then I jumped into the data world and moved here to the United States from my home country, Venezuela. And in, and I started working actually in supply chain, not even in technology. Mm. So it wasn't a, a technology company, but we were in the department of, uh, of uh, uh, supply chain. So that uh, process of moving from a country away and putting yourself into another place um, creates some barriers because uh, it's not as simple as if I want you, I hire you immediately. You will need to have a sponsorship. You will need to have uh, the budget to acquire these kind of employees, you will need to have all the law firms, all the processes very, very neat down. And the other big thing is that even after doing all of that, you will go through a lottery process if, to see if you can actually stay and get your visas. So mm -hmm. when, when you are a hiring manager and you have to think about all these things that can go wrong in the process, you become what we can call more expensive, or at least you're going to have more difficulties to, to hire these people. So the easiest path may be saying, no, I don't going to take this risk. I'm going to go for the safe uh, mood. And right there is where these this kind of processes of diversities get a little bit trapped or not moving ahead. Yeah. So it's it can tend to be harder to to go about that. And, and it can even be hard when you think about uh, other aspects of diversity and what that might mean to be able to do the job. For instance, when we think about gender diversity, you know, when we hire women into uh, onto teams, you know, they you're not just hiring an individual. We should never think of just hiring an individual. You're hiring everything of who they are. You know, Laura, we were talking the other day about you know, oftentimes, especially, and it can sometimes be more cultural. You know, the 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 woman in the household is still doing a lot of the household chores 
And then you get another eight to 10 or 12 or 16 hour day on top of that. And that can be really challenging. Maybe Laura, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about you and your background. Um, but a little bit about that topic, about, about what it's like in, in that role. Sure. Hi. Thanks for having me too. Uh, Lada Endercoms and I, uh, my background's in advertising. So I think what's interesting about a lot of us is we didn't start off in data. Um, you know, data has really become a, a hot subject, I think, over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, but I did start off in advertising and then I pivoted towards data, um, getting my master's in predictive analytics. Um, my background was in multicultural advertising. So I have a lot of uh, experience working with um, how to how to reach out to the Hispanic, African-American, even LGBTQ communities for, for things like um, uh, consumer packaged goods and, and um, quick service restaurants, things like that. Uh, but yeah, so my journey with data started about five years ago, and I now, um, I, I started off at Rackspace five years ago, recruited right out of university, and um, and I've held many different roles in data here, including starting our first digital analytics function, uh, managing our marketing intelligence, going on to manage the global data, data science team before Eduardo, and and now I'm, um, I've set up and I've uh, created under Juan a product management office, which is responsible for developing the portfolio of and roadmap for our data solutions internally here at Rackspace. That's interesting. So um, I'm really glad that you're here. It's so interesting how everyone here has really come from a non-technology background and, and ended up here. Um, obviously, data was, I'd like to think, the common denominator that pulled you you, you good folks in. So so let's talk for a second. So kind of seed into your brain what, what makes you think, why is diversity, again, and one, you did a great way of, a great job of categorizing. It can be anything, just, you know, age, uh, gender, uh, racial, all kinds of different types of diversity. You know, what are the benefits of it? Why, why build a team? Because it cre- it is harder and it can create friction. It can create your, you already mentioned when you hire somebody who is um, diverse from you, that you're picking up all of the things of their culture that's going to come in with it as well. And this can, I'm playing devil's advocate here, slow the team down. If I have to learn all about your background, how isn't that just going to make it more challenging as a team? How's that going to make the team stronger? I think it actually helps accelerate it. If you look at the composition of any company right now, especially global companies, you're dealing with geographical diversity, right? Yeah. Um, so being able to go and have the awareness, situational awareness around the different cultures that exist around the globe. Um, when you compound that with the composition of the demographic profile, be it on gender, be it on age, be it on ethnicity, that's a composition of, the, of a global company. So being purposeful about how you build that, that diversity and inclusion with a team, it really sets you apart. And what I, what I think the big benefit is, it creates cognitive diversity. Mm. The, thought, the thought leadership around how you look at things, the fact that you can take vulnerability, empathy, you can take cultural, you can take experiences, blend it all together, you're gonna have a more objective view of the world. You're gonna have a different lens based on the, on the different backgrounds that you're bringing in. So, at the, so everything that you do isn't really just from a one, a one lens or myopic perspective. It's that, um, that amplification that you get across all the different mindsets that can bring a solution together. That's really interesting. So, so what you're saying is my attempt to play devil's advocate fails because all of those things are actually advantages 
in building a team and it, and there aren't really any perceived slowdowns. In fact, it's really an accelerant of breaking down the stereotypes of what we think is going to happen when we hire groups and individuals who are, who are unique to us and the advantages that come from it. Now, um, Eduardo, let's, let's go back and, and, and have you kind of chat for a second and talk about um, what it's like to be on a team when, uh, you know, right now we've got a pretty diverse team that you're on, but I would assume that's not always been the case. When you're sort of that lone voice, you know, what is what has been your personal experience in that regard? Well, I think uh, I think it's an interesting position because um, if you're if you're part of a team that is actually looking for solving problems that are complicated problems, if you try to do it in the same way all the time, and everybody yeah. in the room thinks on the same way. That save you. That put you in a in a very cool spotlight because you're probably gonna have another way to see the problem. You're gonna see it from an, with another lenses, which is gonna allow you to put right there in front of everybody new type of solutions, new ways to to attack the problems, new approaches to it. So um, obviously, you need to uh, overcome that that part of should I say this that is completely different. Uh, should I jump into this and and try my own ways? Uh, and that part maybe maybe not the easiest one of all, but yeah. definitely um, that that give you the opportunity to to really shine with just being yourself, which is good yeah. because just just being like how you think, how you was training is already giving you certain kind of advantage, let's say, because you can mm-hmm. provide the other perspective, and and in that way you can overcome a lot of that. As I say. Uh, in order for that to work, you need to be in an environment which uh, allows and foster a lot of the innovation, and that is open for new points of view. So that's why I think these te- the technology companies are always going to be uh, the best way to or the best place to start these kind of things because they are always willing or looking for that. How how I do this differently? How I completely destroy the status quo and I go with new ways to, to do things. So in those spaces, you will always find ways. I think if, if, if I will be in, in, I don't know, like if I will be a lawyer or something that is more structured and very, very well defined and, and things are being done in the same way for several years, that will be tougher. But in areas of innovation, I think you, the ch- your chances are actually very, very good. So areas of innovation, of course, that's uh, those companies then making the conscious choice, like the Facebook that I mentioned earlier, that and even Rackspace, but making the conscious decision that that diversity of thought, diversity of of experience and background is is going to be a big leg up. Now that creates a problem, though, because uh, when when companies go out to to do some hiring. Uh, to find um, to to really make this happen, it can be hard. But if we if we turn the lens and look at it from the other direction, especially um, when you are a minority or have at least one or two minority um, you know badges that 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 kind of hang around your neck, um, but also when you're transferring and changing changing job roles. So Laura, you know, as you were going through that that change uh, out of advertising, you've gone off and you've gotten super smart and refined your your. You're always smart, but you got your additional capabilities uh, in and around uh, data. You know what are? How did you break into tech then? I mean, that's that's an unlikely move. Yeah, that's a great question. It's it's not easy, right? And, and you know, I, I didn't mention in my intro, but my background is is Dominican. So I was born in the Dominican Republic, and I moved to the states when I was very young. You know, we talk about the power of networks. We talk about the power of sponsorship. 
and how important those things are, I think, for people of color and minorities to to be considered for some of these opportunities. So, you know, if I think about my experience, you know, my parents were immigrants to this country. Um, you know, they they are professionals, so that already has a leg up on a lot of people. Um, you know, especially when you think about um, majority of the of the Hispanic immigrants from the U.S. are are, are not coming via professional routes. Um, so so already that's a leg up. However, you know they they don't have a network here, and so I think um, you're really tasked as as a, a child of immigrants or even someone who's breaking from maybe a blue collar to a white collar. You know, over generations, you're tasked with developing that network for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that becomes ultra important. I think one place that you develop that is in school. Um, so going back to school. And so for me, um, going back to grad school at Northwestern to get my master's in predictive analytics opened the door for me to get connected with Northwestern alumni at Rackspace. Mm-hmm. And so there was one particular, Becky Trevino, if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, she really did open the door. Um, and, and being a, a, a Hispanic woman herself working in tech, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have a responsibility to identify the next generation of talent, of multicultural talent. And it really starts with, I think, um, that talent pipeline. And then, and then on top of generating a talent pipeline, so making more STEM courses available, making it less intimidating, more inviting um, and available to to people who are in studying, and then and then having that sponsorship and recruitment, um, you know, both when you're entering an organization and even within an organization, because that's really the path to career advancement. Is having someone really vouch for you and advocate on your behalf, um, and people usually do that with with others they feel they identify with or are familiar with, and so that that generates kind of a, a that cycle of promoting the same types of people. Um, and so you do need those different perspectives, someone who's willing to take a chance or to be your cheerleader within the organization so that you can have that advancement. I love that phrase, um, or the, the word looking for your, your, um, uh, a sponsor, somebody who's really going to look after your well-being. mentors. Another word I think you could apply to that as well. Uh, Juan, how, tell me about your transition. You didn't start in tech either. Um, you've, you've risen to some, some great degrees here inside of Rackspace in your previous company. You know, let's talk about that from, from your angle. Now, we are going to get back and talk about this then as how, how companies can be purposeful. But I think it's extraordinarily important as our audience tends to be you know, IT decision maker type folks to understand what it's like at this level. So, so Juan, you know, tell us a little bit about your transition. Sure. Well, I mean... Growing up on the U.S.-Mexico border in Laredo, it's a big, it's the biggest inland port in Latin America. So the majority of what people do is supply chain. Mm-hmm. So my my career started in logistics. I started loading boxes onto trailers. So that was my that was my gig. I mean, through college, is being able to go and do that, working on the weekends, working in the evenings. Um, but I, I felt like I, I I felt that I always thought differently. Even mm. when when analytics wasn't as popular back in the late '90s, I was writing things on paper and thinking, "How can I make this better?" Or mm. using numbers to help guide me. So I kind of repressed what I felt was um, the the analyst inside of me until until I really had sponsorship. And the sponsorship, when what Lada was mentioning, was um, such a pivotal point for me because the first half of my career was all the logistics. For logistics, it went into supply chain. And in Dell, 
I was hired as um as a consultant for the business, internal consultant for the business. So just solving problems. And it was through sponsorship where I had a great opportunity from one of our diversities right there, Kevin Brown, with one of some of our leaders, um, Brazilian Anna Anna Hofstadter, and several other people that gave me an opportunity to take on some new projects. So what that did is that it started highlighting um, some of the things that how I thought differently, just coming from a mm-hmm. diverse background and then a diverse um, uh, racial background also. Um, when I thought differently, it helped differentiate myself from other people. And it started transitioning my career to be more analytics. And that is really where my career just pivoted. From supply chain, I took the step now to go into analytics. And then I got hired uh, within a company, another company called GoGo, and I was leading operational excellence and at the same time analytics. And we created the first data office. And then from there, it's kind of just spawned yeah. to where, where are we now. Incredible. So, um, yeah, Eduardo, I'll go back to you as well. How pivotal was a a sponsor or mentor like role in whether it's your Rackspace role or a previous one in in your transformation? Yeah. So, uh, in this opportunity, I don't I don't need to search too far to say thank you because Juan is here, uh, who was my sponsor through this uh, whole path, and and our story started seven years ago. Uh, when he recruited me directly out of school, I was uh, having my master's degree in business analytics uh, at UT in Austin. In, uh, and, and in one of the events, we just chatted a little bit about, about the CV and we started chatting about our stuff. And here we are, seven years after, three companies after, we've been uh, growing uh, on, in all this path. And I think, uh, again, it's, it relates a lot about the, the opportunity, right? And and I guess in the same way that 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 one was mentioning before, give me that chance. And 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 I think the the big difference is that, and and three guys right here can talk about it. When you get that opportunity, right, that you know, I, I was mentioning about all the difficulties that you're gonna face in the path and things that can block your way. But when you get that chance, uh, you're gonna go and and be. 100% right there on your job and going to try to completely shine because you know that that the opportunity, you receive one, but that's not mm-hmm. something that you're going to find everywhere. So uh, after that, you just try to learn as fast as you can, try to do as much as you can at work and, and try to touch different areas because in the same way that you start finding these people that support you, you need to continue growing your network. You are you are an international person. You're, you don't know too many people here more than the people that you knew at school. And everybody right there was on the same spot that you, right? So if you want to grow, your the other guys are your peers. They are not in the in the next levels. So it's how you how you I connect with my boss, how I connect with yeah. other people around the organization, and also and show where are my capabilities and forget about the rest about where I come. This is who I am. This is our these are the kind of things that I can that I can bring right here to the table and and try to to overcome after that. That after after I think after you get the opportunity. A lot of that, it's in your hands and you just need to go on and explode it, make the best out of it. Yeah. So so there is some personal responsibility absolutely uh, involved in that. Absolutely. So when you, yeah, so when you think about a team, uh, you know, a team, um, so you can have a team at its best, you can just have a team who's functioning and you can have a team at its worst. And I would say a team um, just, just as a functioning team is equal to the sum of its team members. But when you get the recipe of people right, 
um, of all of these things, then it's absolutely equals is greater than the sum of the individuals. You get more out than what you should really be able to when you think about about the hours in the day and the amount of, of hearts and minds you have to put towards the, the job. And when you look at your team and the folks that we have here on, on this call, I mean, look, we've got somebody from Venezuela. We've got somebody from Dominican Republic. And you know what, Juan? You didn't have to go hiring or, or way outside of the country to make it happen. Um, diverse, highly talented, um, uh, diverse individuals are all around us. And it's uh, important uh, for companies, obviously, to go and do that. Now, we're going to do two more things here. So first, I want to give Juan an opportunity to talk about Let's talk about the performance of the team. How is this diverse team uh, equaling greater than the sum of the individuals? And then the way we're going to close this up, and I just want to give everybody a chance to think about this for a second, except for one who's going to be talking, is um, if you have advice. Now, again, I mentioned our, our listenership is primarily business decision makers and uh, uh, who tend to be in a technology uh, role. What advice do you want to give to those leaders in ways to help impact their organizations for the better in the concept of, of diversity? So you, you get, you'll get one, one each, but one, let's talk about the team a little bit. Pretend they're not here. How are they doing? Okay. They're fantastic. I think um, I, if I rewind, I've been at Rackspace now for nine months. Yeah. So this team didn't exist. They existed in pockets. But it, everything, everything didn't exist altogether. So in nine months, the entire team came together. And I think what was, what was great is, um, I remember my first couple of weeks, I put an organizational chart on the wall. And I said, look, these are all the building blocks of what we want to do. Where does everybody want to be? Mm. So if I, if I recall, everybody, based on your strengths of where they're at, based on their background, and really their interest, they're the ones that actually chose the organizational design, what we see now. Nice. So you talk about the diversity, but also the inclusion aspect of it, I think is also important. Hmm. So what I've seen is as everybody had a stake in this outcome, everybody was invested. We all learned together. Um, we used everybody's diverse backgrounds to help put these things to put these things in place. I mean, Lada built a team in close to 10 people in 60 days. Wow. And this That's is hard. and these are people that have never done this role ever. So when I see when I see the progress that we made, one is that we have the biggest internal rack space story that's been created as we've migrated all our data to GCP. Um, we've established uh, what I would consider data-driven culture mm. by making sure that data is readily available, that we've enabled time to insight. And then we're adding value. Um, we've we've created a team that truly functions as one team. And when you have the type of harmony um, and people are invested, you start seeing massive payoffs. Yeah. I can tell you things that the team has, has influenced um, from our on-time delivery from being um, a single digit. We are now approaching what I consider 80%. So it's like... Wow from bad to from bad to good but it's all about how everybody takes different steps and different strides to make things better so when yeah. i look at performance um i think it's been exceptional and without the level of diversification that we had in the team i don't know if we would have gone to the same point and as quickly as how we got to nine months later 
It's incredible. And, you know, having watched that story from the outside, you know, you had a two-year plan and you did it in nine months. You, uh, you know, you've, you've gotten to the point to where I was telling the story to a set of customers yesterday, actually, uh, and that, that the, the reason I call your, your project to date uh, a great success because you still have more to do, is uh, is that business people inside of our organization are now asking great questions of the data that you've created. And these are questions they weren't even empowered to ask because they didn't know they could even ask the question. And so that's really where the the amazing uh, differences start to come in inside of the organization. And I just, I just love watching that. So it's incredible. All right, so we have a few minutes left. So now's you guys' chance to encourage other companies and business decision makers, you know, how can they get started? I'm just gonna gonna grab on one of yours that you've already said one. It's not just about diversity, because if all we said was diversity, then all we've done is we've we've looked to hit a check mark. Do, do we have a good mix of people? Uh, but it's diversity and your word, inclusion. Um, yeah, this isn't just somebody's on the team to to fill uh, a quota. This is somebody, a valued individual who's included in the team and whose voice is equal with the rest. It's amazing. I love that. All right, so Lada, let's go over to you. I've been saving you for last all the time, but now we're gonna we're gonna lead off. What advice do you have for for us? Yeah, so you know, for hiring managers, I think one thing that um, we need to do is is basically take off our blinders a bit. Um, you know, when we're reviewing resumes, when we're looking at candidates. Um, it's really easy to default to specific um, skills and specific degrees, et cetera. And I think one thing we've benefited from is, is kind of, you know, throwing all those those preconceived notions out the window and really looking at the individual holistically. Um, you know, we've made hires where that you know they don't have, they didn't go to college, um, mm-hmm. but they have amazing work experience. We have hires that have done career transitions, you know, change from one sector to another. And I think sometimes because a lot of times we're in a rush to hire, um, but also because we just kind of, we're, we go in autopilot. We don't stop to really evaluate the entire individual. And I think that's one. The second one is I would say really push uh, and partner with your recruiter um, to, to reach out, reach out to other organizations. You know, there's so many meetups that if you're Mm -hmm. not getting enough diverse candidates, you know, there's, there's a ton of women in technology, women in analytics, um, and, and other, you know, ethnic group, um, you know, professional groups, uh, young Hispanic professionals here in Austin, for example. Um, but I think you can be recruiting out of, and it has to be intentional. You have to make it an intentional goal. Yeah. Great point. It has to be intentional and some great tangible ways to do that. Uh, Eduardo, advice for us. Yes. I I will say that uh, Lara touched a little bit of this, but take chances. Take chances with with many, many things. Uh, We're talking right here about people that you can hire, new people that you can hire, but but the chances you can start it even from a smaller space because maybe you are not hiring right now or you don't have uh, three or four positions that you can fill with some crazy approach or more aggressive approach. Uh, but be, be different and take opportunities inside your team, inside the people that you have right now. Give the freedom for them to think, empower them to think differently, push them to think differently, mm-hmm. give them the time. Sometimes we get into the cluster of work, 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 task, 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 backlog. Pull the brakes a couple of days, one day, and let them think, let them talk, and incentivize that. And right there, 
even with people that probably is coming from similar backgrounds and similar schools and similar trajectories, you're going to see how each of them are different. Each individual is different, right? And that will start generating some kind of distinct type of thought around the team. And I don't. I, I think, obviously, we as a managers, directors, we need to put some guidelines around where we want to be, but incentivize also or give that, that power to, to the team so everybody can help everybody to grow. So if you if you cannot go for the hiring, incentivize said internally, but if you can go for the hiring, take the opportunities. And when I say take the opportunities is that is in the same way we get a flush every time that you that you open a, a, a cool data science position, you're gonna get 300 applications in one day. Yeah, and we right now are going a lot with softwares, AI, and it's contradictory that I'm saying that because we will create machine learning processes to help you on that side. But what I'm saying is that sometimes take also the time to read resumes, take yeah. these resumes that are weird, and when I say weird, they are structured differently. You're gonna see that 90% of them seems exactly the same ways, following the same template. Take the chance to read these guys that are putting something weird in blue fonts in a different format adding images or something like that. I remember once uh, we didn't we didn't hire that that guy, but we received a resume for that data science position of a guy full of diagrams. He put all his resume in diagrams. And I thought that it was clever, clever, because he was going for a position where you're going to need to visualize data in an effective way. He was putting his resume in an effective way with charts. So yeah. that that kind of a, that will never pass a filter of of an AI uh, recruiting system. Never, right. never. It's going to be discarded at the first. But but take the time to read on those. And and when I say take the opportunities, take these things that are completely out of the box and give the chance to talk once and yeah. challenge them. And give it, and give it some see, consideration. Yeah, correct, like correct. That. And see and see what you, what you get out of that. I, again, right here we're talking about diversity in certain areas, but education can be one diversity, uh, background can be one diversity. Why, why not bring one of the most successful guys that came out of my master's degree was a psychologist, not even a, a data scientist, but he understand the mind very well and he can structure code very well. So that's amazing. Get, get crazy Great. right there. All right, Juan, parting shots. You're already sort of kind of living it. So now it's your chance as a leader who's built a team like this and still building, um, you know, what advice do you have other than people just watching the success that you've had? What do you want to say to the, the world here at this point? I would say never resist the unfamiliar. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't, I would certainly, I would certainly push right here, make a concerted effort to create the cognitive diversity within the team. The benefits are going to be exponential in the long run. In the short, in the short, in, in the short time, there's going to be a short term pain to go ahead and prolong some hiring to find the right candidates. But there's gonna be long-term affluence if you can yeah. go and make sure that you can create that, and you're gonna see the immediate effects of what it does for the team, for the organization, and for productivity. Excellent, thank you. And I think what I'm gonna leave uh, this with is, regardless of you know where you are, uh, our listener uh, in your career path, you are a step or two, or maybe ten or a hundred ahead of somebody else. I think the big thing that I'm taking away here is the the role of the of the sponsor or the mentor in looking for that that other person to help grow out an environment. You may not be a hiring manager, you may be a contributor, you may uh, have a different type of a role in your organization, but you absolutely have a role to play 
in, in helping your company be better, helping your individuals be better by, by growing as an organization through diversity and inclusion. So thanks so much for listening to this episode today. One of my favorites, a great conversation. And, uh, and we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks so much. This is Jeff Deverter with an illustrious uh, panel discussion today uh, with Cloud Talk. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. Creativity, out-of-the-box thinking, and unique problem-solving skills. You see just a few of the examples of the benefits of building diverse teams. Huge kudos to Juan for taking the extra effort to build out the team that he did. It certainly is a model to follow. Now, I want to tell you about another great podcast produced by some of our rackers over in the UK, and it's called Cloud Spotting. Cloud Spotting is a podcast all about cloud computing and technology. It's hosted by Alex Galbraith and Saikumar Ayer, and they take a witty and a pragmatic approach to the cloud. You can find them well anywhere you find podcasts or get more information over at rackspace.com slash LB slash cloud spotting. Now, also, our cloud strategy series continues. Now, these are a series of online panel events which cover everything that you need to know from multi-cloud to cloud-native innovation. The first event has already been held, but the next one is coming up on August 19th of 2020 and focuses on managing technology budgets with shifting priorities, all things cloud optimization. And I get to host it, so I hope you're able to attend. Now, there's no charge for the event, but you do need to register, of course. So head over to solve.rackspace.com. Just look for the links for the Solve Strategy Series where you can learn about future events such as uh, cloud-native security, cloud-native enablement, and data modernization. There's no charge for the event, but of course, you do need to register. So head over to solve.rackspace.com and look for the links to the Solve Strategy series, where you can also learn about future events on such topics as cloud security, cloud native enablement, and data modernization. And here's what we have in store for you in our next episode of Cloud Talk. You're going to walk into a room and you're going to tell them you had a job with this company that you liked working for. We had really high employee NPS at, at Rackspace. So everyone liked their job. They liked coming to work. They liked what they had an opportunity to do. And you were about to come in and tell them all your whole world's changing. And by the way, you're probably going to be in a basement on plastic folding tables for a little while until we've got enough money um, from the, the business to be able to buy you nice chairs again. That's next time on Cloud Talk.